This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Illini Enquirer podcast number two on this Saturday, October 23rd. And now let's talk a little Illini hoops. They defeat St. Francis in their exhibition, their first of two exhibitions, 101 to 34. Jeremy Warner here with Derek Piper. Uh, Before we get into the hoops, Derek, I thought this was going to be like the go-to podcast for people, (laughs) but I think this is going to be second fiddle after what we saw happen in Happy Valley with our Joey Wagner over there. Any any original thoughts on uh, Illinois Penn State non-upple? Overtime victory, we didn't get your thoughts earlier. Insanity, man. Absolutely insanity. Um, My record is now a little bit more blemished, (laughs) which I'm totally fine with. But, um, yeah, huge shout-out to Brett Bielma and his crew, Ryan Walters in that defense. Uh, That was a super impressive performance. I was – that was the first time, you know, new overtime rules. It wasn't like a traditional nine overtimes, and it was really weird, like changing ends of field and everything. But, um, hey, we're – Bielma comes from, whether it be coaching at Wisconsin or playing at Iowa, those are two programs that don't necessarily need to, to win pretty. Like they, they just win big football games, and uh, that was one of those. And I did not see that coming the rest of the way from this season, the way it was trending. But, uh, hey, nice little Saturday for Illinois fans. Yeah, I thought it was kind of an identity win. Run the football, play good defense. That's what Iowa and all those other programs, Wisconsin, that's what they do. It was really cool to see Brett Bielma and the, and the whole football team looked like. Um, got back from Penn State, drove immediately here to State Farm Center, and they were honored at the first media timeout. And, and you could just – you feel good for those guys after where the season was going, Derek, to, to have that kind of moment. But it was also, I was sitting here at one point during the game, Derek, and we knew Illinois would just crush the St. Francis team. Uh, NAIA, run a lot of sets and things like that, but this is at the number 11 team in the country. A lot of fans think they should be even higher than that. And they put on a show, but I was it was so cool to be here with thousands of fans. The attendance tonight sold tickets 12,799, probably fewer than that, but... Still, to have that, Derek, after what we had last season where we were sitting up in the 200 level and now we're sitting next to the next to the court uh, behind the scores table with the orange crush behind us yelling and screaming again with the music blaring and you hear these fans singing stuff. like It just hit me. I'm like, man, it feels good to be back here. Even if we got masks on, like the sound travels through those and it's just it's a different different atmosphere, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you and I have been doing this for, for quite a while now, and to get back to what's normal is you, you come out the tunnel and you walk by the Orange Crush, and they're all fired up to see the team and uh, the you know the music and just the, the vibe in the place. And I know it'll get a lot better and, and back to its top-notch status as we go throughout this, this fall and into the winter. But uh, to feel that again and, and to just uh, allow the, the fans to you know, be able to see this team up close and personal and, uh, like you said, like the Crush when they're coming up with – heckles for the other the opposing team not that St. Francis needed any more to feel bad about after the after tonight but uh yeah just to get back to 
to what we were used to in this building and as close as we can uh, at this point in time. But it's great and it's really, really exciting. All right. This is, this is a podcast where it's like, all right, give your impressions and like, what are your huge takeaways from this? It's really difficult. It's really difficult. Even Michael Tulip, our, our new basketball analyst, said, I hate exhibition games because I don't know what is real, basically. There's just some of the stats, right? 51 to 18 in the first half, 50 to 16 in the second half. Uh, points off turnovers, Illinois 39 to 11. Points in the paint, 56 to 0. Second chance, 20 to 0. Bench, 59 to 10. Illinois only had four fouls. St. Francis, uh, bless them for trying to guard Kofi Coburn, 23 fouls in this game. This is really difficult, Derek, to take much away from it, but this is basically just a dress rehearsal where the players get out here, they can feel the crowd again. I think that was big. Coleman Hawkins was talking about that. Just what it's like. I mean, he's a sophomore. He's never played in front of a crowd here. Just to get back to that, I thought that was the most important thing. Lock in on defense. They did that for most of the night. Just not much to take from these games. We'll we'll talk about individual players, things that we saw that we think matter. But um, scoring 101 points, like I'm not like, oh, my gosh, this is definitely the number five team in the country if you want to feel that. This team dominated a lower-level opponent like they should, uh, but most importantly, I think they just got some of the jitters out, which is the point of these uh, exhibitions. Yeah, it's part of getting back into the game day routines and uh, for some of these guys building confidence and getting a chance to play, You know, even though this St. Francis team may not hold the court at the arc for all that long. They might get bounced, and uh, they're not super talented. They had twice as many turnovers as made field goals. It was it was a rough performance for them, but uh, yeah, like you said, Illinois is supposed to make them look like that, and has a chance to make you know other D1 teams that they'll play early on in the season uh, look you know really inferior, and they have a chance to do that. But uh, for a guy like Hutch, we wondered how much rush would there be, and would he be able to to come out here and, and look comfortable and confident? And uh, he made some plays. I know that the competition level, and it's going to be a conversation throughout this week. I know that uh, the hype is going to go a little bit higher now because of uh, what he showed. And uh, but yeah, like a guy like Coleman who's stepping into a bigger role, and and he showed some nice things as well. But yeah, kind of big picture as we look at it. I know Brad's still going to demand more from this team defensively, even though they did hold this team down and lock them down. He wants to continue to challenge them. And uh, kind of big picture, we're, it's not moving the needle any any which way, but uh, good just to be playing games back in here and, and know that you know the start of the real games are, are that much closer. I try not to be the party pooper here, all right? So like during the game, we're sitting there, Hutch hits his first shot. He gets a put back that shows his athleticism. Then he hits a three and say, oh, the Hutch hype's going to go nuts after this exhibition game, kind of like the Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk. The last exhibition we saw, he had 11 points, three or three field goal. And of course, that doesn't mean anything, right? But uh, I do want to take a little bit away from Hutcherson in that this is his first game in front of these fans against an NIA, NIA team. And you can see why he was so good at the Division Three level. I mean, his athleticism, his length for that level, which is similar to NAIA, um, he can play really well there. I mean, you saw his athleticism, some of that burst, and you saw he's got a smooth stroke, Derek. Um, so I'm not going to sit there and say somebody, the first tweet I got from my quick hits was, Hutcherson is what Ender, Underwood said he was. So Hutcherson hyping him through the media, national media, as potentially a breakthrough player. I think Hutcherson can help this team, right? Like. I don't know if he's going to be the starter you want or need at some point in this this season, 
but he's six foot six. He's long. He's athletic. He can shoot the ball. The question is, Derek, when he gets against Ohio State wings or Michigan State wings, is he going to be able to handle that physicality, defend, and still be confident and produce? Yeah, you said it right there. Like in terms of production and role, that still is a lot to be determined there, and, and we haven't seen anything even out of this performance that necessarily gives a whole lot of concrete evidence there. But he's got the tools. Like when you look at the the physical gifts that he has with his length, with his ability to to rise off the floor. I mean, Brad mentioned in the post game, like having his head at the rim on a rebound, and he he was way up there on that putback as well, and uh, can shoot the three quite well. And and one of those was a pull up off of the the ball screen. And I, I he was playing the point late in the game, and that I'm still skeptical. Yeah. Kind of he just doesn't look all that comfortable like running point guard, and you don't necessarily need him to with. Carbello and with Trent Frazier. I know it's still something the staff is working through with him, but I agree with you. I, I do think he's going to be a contributor. I do think he's going to provide a spark off the bench offensively, and he's just going to have to build on this and, and continue to show. But yeah, like in terms of him hanging defensively with St. Francis, that, that doesn't show you anything. You got to be able to do that. Uh, you know, the first real challenge will be Marquette and, and other high majors that he's going to have to be able to hold his own on. Yeah, Hutcherson had 14 points on 5-7 shooting, 2 of 3 from 3, 7 boards, 2 steals, but also 2 turnovers in that one. I agree with you. I, I don't know if uh, Austin Hutcherson point guard is going to be a thing we see during Big Ten play. The other guy I think we all wanted to see a lot because he's going to be playing in a, in a much bigger role is, is Coleman Hawkins. And uh, only played 12 minutes, but I thought... He looked impressive. He banked in a three, so I don't know if we give him a lot of credit for that one. But he did hit another three, four, six from the field, five rebounds, 13 points. I I think where I'm most interested in him is obviously he can stretch the floor with Kofi Coburn. Uh, he needs to hit that shot consistently. But also defensively, he gives them so much versatility, Derek, because of his length. He had two block shots tonight. Um, he can get run over in the Big Ten at, at some point, overpowered. But he, he can stand with guards a little bit, um, and he also just bothers people with his length. And, and he can be a rim protector, right? So um, he's the other guy I'm looking forward to just to see confidence, right? Like, I think these are early games. Like, Austin Hutcherson, Coleman Hawkins are two of the guys I'm probably most interested in just to see what they can build going into the regular season non-conference against the lower-level opponents and if that confidence can translate to the high-major opponents. Yeah, I think defensively, and like you said, he's still going to have to be able to hold his own and stand his ground against those stronger players you see in the league. But he's got some some parts of his defensive game that maybe are underrated because of that length and the ability to move. And when he's out there at the four, and I know there was a lineup with Hutch at the three and him at the four and Payne at the five, that's a, that's a big, long lineup. Uh, it's a lot of long limbs out there. Yeah, it's a lot of length, and, and he, he can block some shots. He showed some of that even last year. Uh, and I think this year he's in a better position physically uh, to be able to, to hold his own. But, yeah, I think offensively it's, it's something where uh, he's got the ability off the dribble, but he's got to make sure that he's not trying to do too much. And there was a pass where I know Brad got mad at him for trying to throw it in, in transition. And uh, But as far as his shot making, this was a guy that really was a good shooter coming out of high school, didn't show that last year. He was 3 for 13 from 3. But uh, I was talking to some people earlier in the week, and they're like, Hawkins has been shooting the heck out of it. So uh, that's something that I know he got the bank on one, buried a corner three on the other, two or three from three overall. But uh, if he can continue to be, you know, a 38% three-point shooter or somewhere in that range, uh, that's a really good value for someone who's going to play the four and maybe even some pick and pop five. Yeah, just kind of the length, Coleman and, and Austin Hutcherson and athleticism that Illinois just didn't have a lot uh, last year, especially in the front court. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, we haven't mentioned like Kofi Coburn because there's nothing I can learn from Kofi Coburn running over uh, six foot six post players. He had 14.6 rebounds in 15 minutes. Uh, Jacob Grant and Demonte Williams looked like themselves. Uh, Andre Cabello, I'll bring up dazzling just dazzling at times but also five turnovers right he had 11 points five assists and three or four of them were just ridiculous passes three steals two blocks um so Cabrera filled up the stat sheet but one of those was turnovers um one of three from three made one of them I'll take that all year <laughs> he's gonna do that so I don't think I learned a lot from Andre Cabello, but it did seem like he tried to put on a show tonight. I think I think this is the first time he had fans. we got to remember that. The first time Andre Corbell was played in front of fans at State Farm Center. I think he tried to do a little bit too much at times. I agree with that. I know that that's, he's going to hear that for sure when they throw on the film. And uh, some of those just trying to make the spectacular play every time. And uh, back at Atlanta Basketball Media Days, talking to Tim Anderson and talking to Chester Frazier, it's like, we're really coaching him on trying to hit singles or make the easy plays. And you're not going to be able to take some of that out of Curbelo, just wanting to his flair for, you know, trying to make the the highlight level play. And, like, his bounce pass in transition to Hutcherson uh, was just ridiculous. Oh and then had probably a, a handful of other ones that didn't quite get executed. There was one that he, like, threw over his shoulder underneath the rim. I don't know. If that, I think that was the BBV that he didn't quite catch. And, he just has, as Trent Frazier accurately said in the, in the press conference, you can't teach or coach or try to like develop what he has. You can't practice it. You're, you're born with that. So uh, he's going to make a lot of things that make it go, a lot of plays that make it go wow. But uh, there's still some of that turnover that comes with him that he's got to be able to rein in, especially when you're playing you know, tighter games against better competition. Uh, I made my star of the game Trent Frazier, and some people might have wanted Hutch or, or Curbelo or, or somebody else, maybe Hawkins. But, like, what translates to the real games was Trent Frazier's defense today. Um, he dominated one stretch of the game. He had four steals in three minutes, I believe it was. Had seven points and two assists during that stretch as well. It was towards the end of the first half. He was three of nine from the field, one of six from three. We know he gets streaky from there. But he had six steals, Derek. And 23-year-old Trent Frazier, I'm imagining against 19- and 20-year-old point guards at some point, even in the Big Ten, 
He's a pest, man. And, and him bringing that every day, and I think Chester Frazier, like, even saying, you can go another level here, um, that is going to be so invaluable. And I think most people know it, but, like, I, I felt like he dominated the game for five minutes just because of his defense, and that's the stuff that's going to translate. And, and that's the stuff that I bet Brad Underwood, who's – doing his best to get mad during the game <laughs> when his team is up 40 um, because that's what he has to do. He has to coach these guys against not the scoreboard but their standard. Trent Frazier, I'm sure, was like – and he said in the postgame, like he sounded more happy with Trent Frazier than anybody on that court. There really is no better pair than Trent and Chester Frazier as far as player and coach and you know what they care about and, and just kind of their competitive energy, which a lot of people saw in that mic'd up. I'd love to see – uh, a mic'd up of them in, in the film room after this game and Trent trying to say, hey, I told you I could be Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, but in terms of like his anticipation was just incredible. And, and the way that, you know, as Brad talked about, like he's seen everything and, and that's certainly uh, played out here. And his, his energy at that level uh, or at that end is at a really high level. And uh, it's just fun to watch him do his thing out there. And he is going to bother some people, uh, obviously, in the Big Ten. And uh, I know Michigan with Devontae Green coming over from Coastal Carolina. they got some young guards as well. If, if he matches up with them, I know, I'm sure he's going to try to give them a really hard time. But, yeah, Trent was was really good. I thought he made some really good plays off the bounce too. And uh, it's great to have him back to set the tone really at both yeah. ends of the floor. Let's talk about the transfers. First time we get to see them. Omar Payne, nine minutes in this one, had four points, two rebounds, two block shots. Uh, first on him, just a lot of length there. Um, offensively, he missed a couple finishes, um, you know, but there's just so much defensive length there. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see if he can handle himself against Hunter Dickinson's of the world, right? Uh, Zach Eadie's of the world, not many people can. But going against Kofi certainly helps. But there's a lot of versatility he brings. We haven't seen the jump shot yet. He airballed the 15-footer. I'm not expecting that, Derek. I'm just expecting a rim runner, and that's just fine with me. Speaking of jump shot, we got to give Kofi a little credit for <laughs> yeah. burying the free throw line. Jay, he saw Carmelo's flash of three. He's like, hey, let me show what I've worked on this summer a little bit. Uh, yeah, Omar did not. That didn't go well on the baseline, Jay. And I... I'm skeptical on that, and he doesn't need to be that. Like that's that's kind of the bottom line. And uh, he had some, he had one really impressive block. I know he had two in the game, but just a, a big time like volleyball swat, and then a, a power dribble and rock the rim. And that's something that he's that's what he's going to be able to do offensively outside of catch and dunk, and you know catching a lob and everything. He's he's still pretty raw, like in terms of making a move on the block. And yeah, again, like. He's not as thick as Kofi is, obviously. Uh, so, you know, battling against some of those bigger posts. I know that Latulip showed that in the film breakdown that was good against Tillman, that he's going to have to adjust to that. Of course, he's getting a lot of practice against Kofi <laughs> as far as that goes. But, again, like his athleticism, his length, uh, I'm not too worried about not a ton of production tonight. It's just something that he's going to have to grow into and, and get more comfortable. I, I know this might sound boring to some fans, but if you get 4-3 and – one or two blocks a game from Omar Payne. That I think that's a good thing. Like I think that's a decent addition for Illinois uh, to its front court when you got Kofi Coburn playing 30 minutes a game. Uh, Alfonso Plummer, 20 minutes, only four points, 0 of two from three. Not the sharpshooter we thought he was. Derek, uh, I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, they didn't need him to shoot that much. He didn't shoot that much. Did get a lot of playing time though. So uh, obviously those transfers didn't make a huge impact, but I don't think that says anything. Um, 
We did have the first guy off the bench was Coleman Hawkins, and then Payne and Plummer followed right after him, then Hutcherson after that. But uh, that, that's just a that's a deeper team, Derek, when you look at that bench um, and Alfonso Plummer. We know he can score, so I'm not going to really take anything from the game today. Yeah, not worried about him. Uh, and I don't know that we did end up seeing the little guy, the three little guys play all together. Did, did we not play? I didn't think we saw Curbelo, Trent, and, and Plummer at the same time. Uh, it was interesting that Omar didn't play a whole lot. Like, he only played – Less than nine minutes, which is about the same as Brandon Leap. So that was a little curious to me. But, yeah, I'm not I'm not taking too much away out of those two. And uh, Hutch did get a lot of run and obviously Coleman. Uh, but those four, and then we'll see if Goody, who was fairly quiet tonight, can he make a little bit of a push to just get some spot minutes here and there. Uh, he's Well, RJ ended up on the box score having the best of the freshmen. Still, I would side with Goody being the most ready. But, yeah, it is a very deep team. And, and as we've talked about, you know, leading in, a uh, chance to mix and match, play a bunch of different lineups. Yeah, I think if people look at the box score, they're going to get really excited about R.J. Melendez here. Uh, what did he end up with? Nine points on four or six field goals, one of three from three, three rebounds. He was the last guy, a uh, scholarship player, to check into this game. Brandon Lieb checked in far before him. Bossman's Verdonk played before him. Goody and Pajemski played before him as well. Um, so I think he's he's kind of the BB. BBV performer yeah. from two years ago that we saw. I'm not going to put too much stock in that, but you see some talent. I mean, he's long, he's athletic, he's got some skill there, Derek. Uh, Luke Goody is the guy that I think has a chance to play early. I think Jacob Grandison kind of plays his role um, that eventually Luke Goody will play, so I think it could be tough for him, but he can shoot threes. I just don't think he's going to hurt you a lot offensively. I think he's going to play his role defensively obviously doesn't have the athleticism there but I think they just trust him probably and he's just physically uh, more ready than those other two guys yeah definitely RJ is a long and rangy athlete and he can make some plays certainly going to the basket and has the potential to knock down some shots so I know that his shot needs to get a little bit more consistent uh, just give him another year or whatever that might look like just physically developing he's going to be a I think a nice piece and all as we talked about before we started this about like all three of those guys, four stars that you can kind of let marinate a little bit and, and mature, and uh, that's a good good situation to be in and, and not having to force those guys in there. But, uh, yeah, with Luke Goody, just his high IQ, uh, he is someone that is physically further along uh, in terms of his strength. I mean, Pods is pretty strong, I think, as a guard uh, being a freshman. But you even saw, like, they were running some things for Goody tonight. They ran some horns actions and they're like running Goody off of the Kofi screen. So like I think he's even a guy that they're like might scheme some shots for when he's out there, uh, and that just shows that he's kind of earned their trust and uh, someone that they think that can make an impact. Uh, this just reminds me like this is a great place to be as a program. It just reminds me of like Michigan State, right, where they got a bunch of four-star freshmen, some who are going to be role players, maybe some that can develop into, into star players down the line. I think Brandon Pajimski eventually uh, can turn into a very good scorer for this team. Um, but they, they, they get the chance freshman year to kind of sit, learn from the, the guys in front of them who have set the standard, and then all of a sudden Matt McQuaid happens, and he turns into a really uh, indispensable part of that team. So that's a great thing for this program. And I know everyone worries about the transfer portal, and hey, Maybe one of them transfers after a freshman year, but that's a great place to be uh, as a program when you can kind of sit those guys. All right, Derek, as we wrap up, was there anything you saw schematically, style-wise, that, that stood out to you that was different? Uh, I think we'll again learn way more when they actually play real games, but was there anything really different about what you saw about how they played? 
I think defensively, I didn't know if it was because St. Francis was so uh, overmatched. overmatched that they just got more and more aggressive because they really were in the passing lanes, a, you know, a decent amount more compared to last year. We know, you know, what how Brad's defense has changed, but uh, whether it was just Trent being anticipation, but even like Austin Hutcherson had a couple of deflections and guys were just jumping passes. I don't know if that's something that they're going to continue to try to experiment with is something they can do to people at times or if that's kind of be more their identity if they're more comfortable with that i do think when they play smaller if they are going to play a smaller lineup that makes sense to be more aggressive on the perimeter and try to dial up the heat and go for steals uh instead of playing it straight up you know when you have size mismatches Uh, offensively you're seeing them Again, it is an exhibition game, so you're kind of throwing everything out there just to see what it looks like. But uh, in the half court, they're doing some different things. I mentioned they were playing some horns. Uh, they ran a, a couple of sets to, like, Trent Frazier came off a pin down. And, and last year was a lot of pick and roll and just spread it out and, and kind of read and react off of that just two-man action. And maybe this year they have more options of plays within a set uh, to be able to get a guy a shot or something like that. So, uh they did tinker with that, and I'll be interested to go back and, and watch it again, maybe just kind of see what else they did. But it makes sense in a game like this to, to throw everything out there and evaluate what we got. Well, that's the uh, first sample size we got. We'll get another one against Indiana PA next Friday night, 7 p.m. tip-off. Yes, you need BTM Plus if you want to stream that. Otherwise, you can come to the stadium uh, and see that game. And then we get a couple weeks off, and then Illinois will tip off on November 9th here. Is at Jackson State? Uh, so I wonder if Deion Sanders will make an appearance in that one. But, uh, no, it's, uh, it's good to see this team, and it was just great to see fans here again. I, I mean, the atmosphere – It's an exhibition game, but you can just tell the enthusiasm behind this team, Derek, and there should be. I think this team's going to be fun. They're going to run up and down the court. They're going to be one of the better teams in the country, Uh, not because of what happened tonight, but tonight just showed that this team's going to be pretty good. Um, So I thought it was really exciting to just have that atmosphere back in the stadium. And they're old, man. Like Trent Frazier is just – to have a fifth year of him and DeMonte Williams and – but Jacob Grandison's in his fifth year of college as well, and Kofi Coburn a third year. It's not a lot of teams that can stack up experience-wise and talent-wise with the Illini. There's not, and it is one of those where you just got to – I was even thinking during the starting lineups of just what an alternate reality of, you know, what if Kofi wouldn't have come back or what if Trent said, you know, four years was good enough for me. And Monte same thing. Like, and you're going through that starting lineup, and you're like, man, like, you should be really fortunate to get those guys back and appreciate the heck out of just kind of the situation that Illinois is in. And, of course, uh, what Brad has done to build this thing up talent-wise and some of the decisions that you guys have made to, to go and make another run out of it. But, yeah, and then also just we're like two months away from like Arizona rolling through uh, here, Notre Dame, uh, uh, Rutgers. It'll, it'll going come up here. to Marquette. Yeah, going up to Marquette, to Iowa early December. It's going to heat up here real quick. But, uh I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm just now doing this exercise in my head. You could have had a, something where you had Omar Payne, Coleman Hawkins, Jacob Grandison, Alfonso Plummer. Curbelo? Curbelo, yeah, is your starting lineup. Maybe Austin Hutcherson is in there as well. Which there's some talent on that team, and maybe I probably would have had him like seventh, eighth, or ninth in the Big Ten. Instead, you have the number 11 team in the country and one we think should be a little bit higher than that. So that is an interesting uh, way to look at that, Jared. Yeah, I mean, then you would need to play all those freshmen off the bench and, yeah. and really just relying on guys that 
are, are still somewhat unproven and maybe you'd have like a Javon Pickett in tow oh. or something like that. You'd have another transfer <laughs> you're figuring out. Right? Yeah. I mean, they should. I mean, be excited. Uh, be ready to run it back and battle at the top of the league with Michigan, Purdue, and maybe Ohio State. What a day uh, for Illinois Athletics. Wrapping up here at the floor of State Farm Center. For Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. Everybody have a great day, great rest of the weekend. Uh, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illinois Enquirer podcast. It is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the shed? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.